0: Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. I was listening to a comedian the other day and she was talking to a group of millennials. I'm
1: not young like you beautiful millennials. Look at you. You're young. You got youth. You're happy, you're not tough. You're not tough. I could take the whole generation out with a jar of peanuts. Because <laughs> you all got a peanut allergy.
0: Now, after I'd stopped laughing, I started thinking. See, that doesn't seem to be nearly as outrageous as you might think. Thinking back to my childhood, very few children seemed to have peanut allergies. Now, they no longer serve peanuts on airlines because, well, people are allergic. I look back at my grandparents and my in-laws and and even my parents and I realize just how hard their lives were when compared to ours. And I'm reminded of the quote, good times make weak men. I'll never forget when, in my 40s, I was going out to collect hay with my 70-year-old father-in-law and he could work me into the ground. Now, When I was young, taking charity or, or being on the dole was considered shameful now in some locations it's actually encouraged. How many young people and not-so-young people could survive today without cell phones, internet access, GPSs, and places to run and hide from reality? Ask yourself, how long could you survive without the modern conveniences of electricity, indoor plumbing, and a grocery store in every town? Have we become so dependent on our modern conveniences that we would give up our liberty to keep them? Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. We teach a rising generation to be free, and I'm so glad you could join me today. You know, th- this recognition that Americans, and in fact, people in the West in general, have become weak. Um, we, we don't seem to be willing to fight for, you know, for truth, justice, in the American way like we used to. We seem more interested in our own conveniences, and we're more than willing to, well, to sell our, our children into uh, fiscal insolvency In order to get our own little goodies I was reminded that good times make weak men But then again, weak men make bad times And well, bad times make strong men And then strong men make good times again So I want to take some time today And, and look at some examples of I guess the weak men's standpoint, and and and, are we looking at the the infantilization of Americans? Have we become so used to be treating, being treated as children that we expect it? That that's how we live our lives nowadays. You no longer grow into adulthood; you become a perpetual child. I remember when I was young, and and I couldn't wait to get a car and be independent. I couldn't wait to be out on my own. Uh, I actually lived with my my parents into my early twenties because I was saving up to do other things. But that was the goal was to be out, to be independent, to be on my own. Now and now it seems we're seeing more and more people that are looking to young people that want to just simply stay at home. They don't seem to have the ambition. To go out in and, and do things and, and get things done I remember at the age of 14 I applied to the state of New York And I got what we called working papers It, it meant I could legally Get a job at the age of 14 And I remember my first jobs Several of them actually Nowadays we don't, Not only do we not have as many young people Getting jobs But they're demanding jobs That are, f- that are far beyond their skill level My first job was working in a garden. That's right. Weeding, raking, shoveling. Simple, you know, simple work. That eventually grew into other work. I I did some landscaping work and I started running uh, the lawnmowers and and doing some, some basic landscaping stuff. But I was just happy to have a job to make some money so I could buy myself a car and keep the thing on the road. And I remember being still a young man, only married a couple of years, and the shame I felt having to go to my father to borrow money to pay some bills. That was shameful. Now it's considered normal. And I watched, even when I was in, I spent a year in college back in 1981, 82, and the ideas were already percolating of the nanny government, the nanny state, a government that would take care of you rather than, well, you doing what you need to. The exact opposite of of John F. Kennedy.
1: And so, my fellow Americans,
2: ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
0: But that attitude has changed. Now, it's everything about what the government can do for you, what your country can do for you. And and I think that just further Weakens America Further turns us into children You know, I, I remember the line uh, Hillary Clinton talked about She wrote a book, says um, It takes a village to raise a child I also remember the line from uh, Thomas Sowell who said It takes a village idiot to believe that But you see, that's the way we're living It's not the village that's raising the child It's government that's raising the child And I I think it's leading us into a very dangerous place. Let me take a look at some examples of what happens as Americans have become less and less independent, more and more dependent on government, and the idea that, well, government owns us. I mean, this was easily seen during the the COVID scandemic, where the government decided um, how people would live, what treatments they could get, and and tried to force people to follow their rules even when there was um uh, scientific evidence to the contrary but even setting aside the, the contrary evidence this assumption that some bureaucrat knows what is best for all 330 million Americans it's crazy you you, know, you you're talking about uh um People with with different health backgrounds, different medical conditions, different environments, different risk tolerances. But no, by turning the the, the people into effectively grown children, when the government says boo, they jump in fear. So when the government says that we're all going to die from COVID, nobody double checks, nobody looks at the data, they simply do what they're told. And that's how an infant acts. Uh, uh, someone in our church has a, a child, a little over a year old. And again, the, the child doesn't decide. The the, the parents decide uh, when they get up, when they go to bed, what they eat, when they eat. They're dependent on the parent. And now we have government acting as if the people are dependent on it. Well, for example, we have the whole nonsense with masks, right? Besides the fact the mask mandates are illegal. There's plenty of evidence that masks, most masks, are completely ineffective in dealing with a respiratory virus. In fact, unless you're wearing an N95 that has been properly fitted, these masks are a waste of time. But we were still told people need to wear a mask, two masks, three masks, six masks, whatever. It was crazy. So now the scandemic is over, the the public emergency that never was a public emergency has been declared over by our overlords in Washington, D.C., and yet we still have the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. After these three years of lying to the American, we have proof that they've been lying to the American people. And now they're saying, well, the CDC is in early stages of developing metrics that could be used to guide when to implement select infection prevention and control practices for multiple respiratory viruses. Really? You're going to listen to the CDC? The CDC that said the masks work when, when they don't work. The CDC that said the vac- the quote-unquote vaccine that's not legally a vaccine, so they had to redefine a vaccine, would stop the spread and keep you from getting infected when it did none of those and they knew it would do none of those they had no data that it would that it would actually work cuz they never bothered testing to see if it would work that cdc the agency said uh, some facilities might consider recommending masking during the typical respiratory virus season approximately october through april they're going to wear they're going to they're, they're they're saying that that certain uh, um Certain facilities should recommend six months of wearing a mask when To present respiratory viruses When there is zero evidence that is more than, than minimally effective But you see, that's government treating us like children That's the American people saying Well, we can't stand up to government After all, it's the CDC They're telling us to do this Of course, they're also ignoring the, um, the downsides uh, of, of wearing a mask. There have been over two thousand systemic reviews, uh, as, uh, studies into the issues with wearing masks during long periods of time. Headaches, itchiness, oxygen restriction, um, cognitive uh, decline. Uh, uh, according to a, a review from Frontiers in Public Health, uh, masks interfere with. O2 uptake and CO2 release compromises respiratory compensation. Though evaluated wearing durations are shorter than daily prolonged use, outcomes independently validate mask-induced exhaustion syndrome and downstream physiometabolic dysfunctions. So in other words, there's not a zero cost to wearing masks. But the CDC is still pushing this on us. Why? Because they think they're children. It's like bedtime, right? No, you have to go to bed now. Why? Because I said so. Yeah, we recommend you wear a mask now. Why? Because we said so. I don't know about you, but I'm not real thrilled by being treated as, a, as an overgrown child um, by a bunch of bureaucrats simply because they, have a, they get a government paycheck. But if you think about it, how many Americans, especially younger generations, are acting like overgrown children? They borrowed money to go to school to get a in many cases a useless degree. They want someone else to pay for it. They want someone else to pay for their health care. They want someone else to pay. They want free education. They want $15 an hour to flip burgers. Because they're being they they think they're entitled to all of these things. They want always want someone else to pay for it. I stopped doing that when I was a child, when I was a teenager. Even before I was out on my own, I understood the need for me to pay for things Because, well, I was growing into an adult But we've so pushed off true adulthood that um, we shouldn't really be surprised that young people have not become adults I was talking to my daughter the other day Now, uh, she's got her own place, she lives a little over an hour and a half, about an hour, hour and a half from here uh, she's got her own job. She takes her own place. And I was, we were commenting about uh, things that you have to do. And I said, oh, well, you're adulting. You're acting like an adult. You have to pay for things. You have to take care of things. You have responsibilities. You have to do things. That level of adulting is, is I'm not saying everybody is. What I'm saying is we're seeing more and more people that are not interested in acting like adults. They're interested in being taken care of. They're interested in acting like a child and just saying, feed me when I'm hungry, change me when I'm dirty, teach me what I need to know, and put me to bed when it's bedtime. Now, this didn't happen overnight. This has been decades of the government deciding to make decisions for us. First, they said, well, we'll help you. We'll make some some recommendations. Those recommendations became orders and they grew more and more and more. And every time they do, well, Americans become more childlike. And the problem we run into is You can't be truly free If you're a child If you're dependent on others See, the the link I want you to understand Is that the more you ask government to do The less freedom and liberty you have What's the saying? The government that can give you everything you want Can take away everything you have It's not simply give and take It's the very idea of Um the uh, of control, of freedom, of liberty, the ability to decide for yourself without unnecessary external influence. But as we've raised generations um, and and coddled them and and helicoptered over them and protected them from every possible boo-boo and bad feeling that we think they might they might suffer, we never let them grow up. We never let them learn from their mistakes. And by doing so, we turn them into well, dependents, dependent little children. And in many ways, I believe we're suffering the consequences. We are living through these bad times because we coddled weak men and women until they were in positions of trust, of influence. And now they think they have the authority to tell us how we should live our lives Now if you're listening to this program My guess is that's not how you want to live That you want to be free and independent But that requires taking responsibility Taking responsibility for what you, for your actions and for the consequences It means taking on the duty of being a citizen and By that I mean not simply voting But voting intelligently by that, I don't mean voting like me I mean, know who you're voting for What you expect from them And if they don't do what you expect from them Well, then vote for somebody else Treat them as employees Now, you and I might disagree on What the best uh, policy should be But we, should be, um, we shouldn't simply be voting for Based on donkeys and elephants That's childish we shouldn't be voting based on teams or race or sexual preferences. We should be voting based on fidelity to an oath. And we should be grown up enough to recognize that when the people we hire to do a job aren't doing a good job, it's our job, it's our duty to remove them and find better people. Now, I have some more examples of of what happens when we give up our responsibility and let other people make decisions for us but before I go, I have to take a break. I hope you'll take some time and check out the website, constitutionstudy.com. You'll find all sorts of work that we're doing here at the Constitution Study. You can ask a question. You can have me answered here on the radio. Um, you can sign up for one of the mailing lists, get notified of what's going on here at the Constitution Study. You can even get my articles and videos delivered directly to your mailbox by signing up for that mailing list as well. And hey, if you can support the work that we're doing here, I would greatly appreciate it. It costs a fair amount of money to put this program and all the other work that we do here on. And those who can join us can help we appreciate that very much. Now also, I'd love it if you checked out Healthy Cell. They are a leading innovator in supplements designed to work at the cellular level to keep you healthy. One of the ones I use is called Focus and Recall. You, know, you get to the end of the day, and you're having a hard time focusing, you're having a hard time getting that job done. Well, don't reach for the coffee or the energy drink. Try Focus and Recall. It boosts your short-term memory and helps your long-term brain power with Healthy Cell's vitamins. So, you don't get the sugar high and the caffeine high or the crash afterwards. Now, as an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off your first order of Focus and Recall or anything from Healthy Cell. Just go to the website, healthycell.com, put your card together, and use that code out loud at checkout. That lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. So, please go to healthycell.com and make sure you use that code out loud when you check out.
3: to see the UX4 in action, and receive a 15% discount on either Falker with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready
0: for anything. Welcome back everyday American Germany, join the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach the rising generation to be free. Today, we're talking about how um, Good times have made weak men and very often infantile men Now, one of the the um, ca- characteristics of of weak people is they, they, they need to be shielded from things When you're dealing with a child, there are certain things that you shield them from Which I find absolutely amazing when we'll see how society is now exposing children to things The very things we used to say they need to be shielded from And they're shielding them from information That most of us agree is something they should know Let me give you an example Now uh, most of you know that Was it back in March um, A gunman came in And committed mass murder At the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee And there's been a lot Of discussion about that, I've talked about it here About some of the aftermath, some of the cranniness But one of the things that's been pointed out Is that uh, During a press conference Metro Nashville police chief said that um, this this shooter, this murderer, had a manifesto. They had a manifesto that had the writings of this person that pertained to the actual incident. So, of course, people said, well, when do we get to see this? we were trying to understand why someone like this would commit such a, a horrendous crime that would murder six people, three of them children, um why? Because there's been a lot of speculation. That this person, and by the way, I refuse to use her name uh because I don't want her to get the attention. By the way, she claimed to be transgender, so I don't refer to her as a him because she's a her. But that's more I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But we had this, you know, there was a lot of speculation. It was a Christian school. Was this a a, a crime against Christians? She used to go to this school. Was that Part of the motivation What was going on And here we have a manifesto Her own words that might help But you see the FBI I guess the manifesto got turned over to the FBI And the FBI Has refused to release this information Now I understand There are certain pieces of information That Should not be made public Right? We all have things that we don't want Made public but here we're talking about a, a public incident involving a, an actor, and uh, we, we, we want to learn more about this. Well, apparently, the Star News Network has filed multiple uh, Freedom of Information Act requests to get access to the actual manifesto. Again, we want to know why. Again, we're not talking about um, state secrets. We're not talking about exposing uh, state secrets, at least as far as I can tell. We're talking about the the writings of an, what we already know is a mentally disturbed person. She she was receiving assistance for her mental inst- issues, and the FBI simply refused. Well, the Star News Network, which by the way is based in Tennessee. Um, along with Michael Patrick Leahy and uh, Matt Kittle, have filed a federal lawsuit in the district uh, U.S. District Court for Middle Tennessee to order the FBI to release this person's manifesto and related documents, um, and and also to recognize that the agency violated the law when it denied the request to when, when denied to fulfill the request for these Freedom of Information Act um, requests. Michael Patrick Leahy, who, by the way, is the uh, uh, editor-in-chief of the the Star News Network, said, The release of these records is critical to understanding the mind and actions of a mass murderer and can help form public policy to most effectively protect American citizens. I kind of agree. I'm sure part of it is just a a morbid curiosity of, of wanting to know why, but also... If we understand why, can we put in place policies that would help this person before uh, someone like this person before they got to the point where they thought going into a school and killing people was the the the, the solution? But he went on to say, "We believe the public's right to know is mo- is so important that we are willing to challenge the most powerful law enforcement agency in America." Now the FBI responded. Uh, by rejecting the the request, asserting that it is reasonably foreseeable that turning over the record would harm the interest protected by federal statute. what is this? what what federal statute? what is the problem cause of denying this request? They say it's reasonably foreseeable. By whom? What are the the interests protected by federal law that they're trying to cover? As stated in the lawsuit, this person is dead, and no threat remains to the public related to the events back on March 27th. There is no criminal prosecution, investigation, or anything resembling an enforcement proceeding. FBI is apparently attempting to interpret the manifesto, but at this point, interpreting or reviewing the manifesto is an academic exercise, and certainly not an enforcement proceedings. In short, there is simply no reason why FBI cannot release the manifesto. Now, the Metro Nashville Police Department, or MNPD, also has a copy of the manifesto. Now, at one point, they said they were preparing to release the records. Uh, According to a a law enforcement officer from Nashville, uh, the investigation has advanced to the point that the writings from the Covenant shooter are being reviewed for public release. The process is underway and will take a little while. So, we all said, we sat back and said, okay, we're going to get them. It's just going to take a little while. However, MNPD backtracked on that. And because of that, they're also facing a lawsuit, this time from the Tennessee Firearms Association and the National Police Association, both of which are demanding the release of the manifesto. Now, according to a tweet from uh, Metro Nashville Police. Due to pending litigation filed this week, the Metro Nashville Police Department has been advised by counsel to hold in abeyance the release of records related to the shooting at the Covenant School pending orders or direction of the court. Now, this this stalling on releasing the manifesto is actually contrary to um, previous examples. Back in October, uh, a, a, a gentleman killed uh, uh, killed two and injured seven people in St. Louis. FBI had, uh, and other law enforcement officers reacted, and um, CNN was able to obtain a copy of and the details of that person's manifesto a day after the shooting. A month later, uh, another gentleman killed seven people and injured four at a Walmart supermarket, supercenter in Chesapeake, Virginia. The FBI investigated the incident along with other law enforcement authorities, and within three days, the New York Times had obtained the killer's manifesto. The list goes on. You go all the way back to 1995 when the FBI released the manifesto of the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. He released; they released it to the press. Why are they delaying this one? It it tends to bring up a little more suspicion. So, as I said, there's at least now two. Pending lawsuits For people, for the, the media uh, And other a- groups To gain access to the manifesto Now I'm seeing reports that the, uh, the Judge, in at least one of these cases Has ordered the FBI to turn over Sealed, unredacted copies Of the Nashville Shooters' writings, the murderers' writings And that is to be discussed In an upcoming conference In um, on this uh, on this particular case, with a hearing scheduled for June eighth. Now, the fact that it's sealed means it won't be open to the public, but the fact that it's unredacted means the judge will be able to look at it, and hopefully, the judge will see if there's any cause, if there's any any reason, logical reason behind the FBI's claim that um, uh, there, there's there's good reason for them not to release this information. So uh, we'll keep our eyes open for that. I'll, I'll let you know as as I find out news, but again, this isn't the only example of the government hiding the of uh, information from the American people. Again, I understand there are legitimate situations where where information, especially detailed information needs to be hidden, but that doesn't appear to be what we're talking about here. But it's not just the government that's doing it. Sure, we have plenty of examples. Uh, of course, we've got the the Wuhan lab leak theory the, the effectiveness of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, the dangers of the, um, of the fake vaccines, the ineffectiveness of mass This is all information that the media, in, often in collusion with government, have hidden from the American people and, and again, if you're making decisions based on incomplete information, well, you know the old saying, garbage in, garbage out If you're not getting good information, how can you make a good decision? And I guess put another way, a lie of omission is still a lie, which brings up an interesting question. The president of the Catholic League, a gentleman by the name of Bill Donahue, made an interesting observation the other day. You know, the Washington Post put out a twenty-five hundred-word story back on May fifth, and they covered—they uh, were covering a poll that they—that uh, uh, they had had a survey that they had had. Um, and it was a it was a 26 page survey it was a very detailed reporting on it except for one very important thing see the one thing they didn't mention was in their own survey that approximately 78 percent of uh, transgender adults that were that responded to the survey also answered yes to a, a question about, Uh, serious mental health problems such as depression or anxiety while growing up as a child or teenager. Now, that's an interesting number because the overall adults, only 32% answered yes, but the transgendered, 78% answered yes. So that to me seems to be a significant piece of data. Is there a link between... um, Serious mental health problems such as depression and anxiety as a child or a teenager And subsequent uh, feelings of transgenderism Seeing as transgenderism is obviously a mental disorder, not a physical one In other words, it's not that your body is wrong, it's that your mind is wrong I know there are a lot of people that will argue and, and, and debate about this but the fact still remains, if you are born with an X and a Y chromosome, you're a boy. If you're born with two X chromosomes, you're a girl, with extremely rare exceptions. I mean extremely rare. Changing your outward appearance doesn't change who you are. And studies have shown that it doesn't change so much how you feel about who you are. The Johns Hopkins University Hospital, the, the developers of the, of the uh, sex change surgery stopped offering it because they found there was no improvement in the mental health of patients who got mutilated that way. So I have to go back and ask a question. If we're seeing a correlation, not a causation, a correlation between depression and anxiety in young people, children and adults, and eventual feelings of transgenderism, what is the proper way to deal with the problem? Is it to go back and say, how do we deal with depression and anxiety in children and teenagers as they're growing up? Or do we simply mutilate the body to fix someone's perceived preferences? Now, I'm not looking for a one size fits all solution. Not everybody is, not, again, not everybody uh, who claims to be transgender apparently suffered depression and anxiety as as a child or teenager. Um, not everybody's going to agree that that is the best solution. But when I see this correlation, I have to ask why did the Washington Post attempt to hide this information? See again, the Washington Post did a, a detailed story about their study. The, and again this is done this this survey was done by the Post and the Kaiser Family Foundation and they talked about almost every aspect of it except this one. Could it be that the New York Post is attempting to hide information from us again? Which I find really interesting since it was the New York Post, I believe, that first told the story about the Hunter Biden laptop and had their account shut down for bringing that information forward. At least they're not shutting down other News sources and, and apparently they haven't redacted the study since um, the Catholic uh, uh, the Catholic League was able to quote it. But again, are we saying that the American people are just too fragile, too infantile, to be exposed to the possibility that there is a correlation between mental health, mental mental illness, and transgender feelings? And if we hide that information, are we giving up the possibility of treatment? Of finding uh, help for these people that are having these feelings, and maybe even doing so early on, because it's not considered politically correct? Now, I've got a couple more items I want to get to, but before I do, I do need to take another break. But consider this before we go. See, as a parent... I saw my job as pretty much putting myself out of work. In other words, when my daughter was an infant, she was dependent on me and my wife for everything. Now that she's an adult, she shouldn't be dependent on us. Now, she can still come to us for help. She visits us pretty much every weekend. I'm not saying we're divorced from each other, but my goal was to to not have her dependent on me anymore, and I think my wife and I did a pretty good job. What is it saying about those people who are trying to make you 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 dependent on others for every aspect of your life, turning you from an adult back into an infant? Now again, I know people are going to have different ideas. In fact, you may even find some of them right here at America Out Loud, which is why I go there every day to AmericaOutloud.com to get news and information because I want those other points of view. I want people challenging what I'm thinking and what I'm saying. And the only way to do that nowadays is to go searching for it because corporate media won't bring it to you, which is why it's more important than ever that you do your part, that you share the stories, the articles, the podcasts and the videos so that other people can see there is another point of view. And by comparing them and contrasting them and and letting them work things out together, not only do we find reality, But we also help to secure the blessings of liberty, not just for ourselves, but for everyone.
2: Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? CoFixRx took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of CoFixRx nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a COFIXRX nasal solution cleanse. That's COFIXRX.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at COFIXRX.com.
3: Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit GenesisFogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next.
0: Welcome back Everyday Americans You've rejoined the Constitution study And today we're talking about Well, good times having made weak men And by weak men I'm not, by the way, speaking solely of men I'm talking about mankind, men and women But by weak men, Meaning that they are dependent on others Others to make decisions for them others to, others to provide for them Others to take care of them Now There are all times in our lives We need help from others But I'm talking as a a generation. The idea that um, people cannot be trusted to make decisions for themselves. They must be protected from information by usually some government actor. You've seen this over the last few years in the school system. It's really interesting. When when schools shut down and uh, students started studying at home, an interesting thing happened. Parents got to see firsthand What their children were being taught And that kind of disturbed many of our parents And those parents kind of got really upset And they started going to their principals and their school boards To complain about what their children were being taught And as this moved on we saw more and more that School districts had policies to hide information from the parents where students would be encouraged into certain activities, but you couldn't tell the parents. Where children were, were making certain decisions, and the schools were not, remember, staff of the school were not allowed to tell the parents. This, this isolation, this separation, uh, because the parents couldn't be trusted. This big brother syndrome where government gets to decide absolutely everything for you. They get to decide what you're allowed to see, what you're allowed to hear, what products you're allowed to use, and now what you're allowed to know about your children. As if the children were now government property, not yours. As if the children belong to the government, not to the parents. And this has led to some very disturbing legislation and some very disturbing situations. For example, recently, uh, Governor Inslee of the state of Washington Signed legislation known as Senate Bill 5599 That uh, says, well, it requires parental notification of a child's whereabouts Well, unless there are compelling reasons to withhold it So if your child is not in your presence Whether they're at school, whether they're at some program Whether they run away from home the government would be required to notify a parent of the child's whereabouts or location unless it was a compelling interest. Now, on the surface, that sounds great, right? If, if, If a child runs away from home because the home is physically abusive, maybe you don't want to let the parents know where the child is. The problem is the reasons that the state of Washington believes are compelling to hide the child's location from the parent. Uh, They include, by the way, quote, uh, gender-affirming treatment and, quote, reproductive health care services. I want you to stop for just a second. A child cannot get medical care without a parent's permission or court intervention. But this bill says that youth seeking certain medical services are especially at risk and vulnerable. For what? Why? Because maybe the parents disagree? Because maybe the parents have looked and said, this is a mental situation, not a physical situation? Because maybe the parents, unlike the children, can consider the long-term consequences of a certain action? And the last thing that, you know, when my daughter was young, there were things she wanted to do we didn't let her do because we understood the consequences. You know, I remember when I was young, I I remember jumping off of a roof into a snowbank. My parents didn't know anything about it. Because if they did, they probably would have told me no. Because of the long-term consequences. It could have been dangerous. But that's no longer in the state of Washington being decided by the people closest to the child, but by the people almost as far away as possible, by the legislators. The bill says... Uh, the legislature intends to remove barriers to accessing temporary licensed shelter accommodations for youth seeking certain, certain protected health care services. Again, we're not talking life-saving health care services. We're not talking about uh, uh, you know medical treatment for life-threatening conditions. We're talking about elective treatment, elective abortions, elective uh, uh, sexual mutilations, And the state is now complicit They're an accessory to this In fact, according to the Family Policy Institute of Washington The bill does not state any point at which the host must contact the child's parents So the child could presumably be kidnapped from their parents For an indeterminate amount of time And the parents would have no way of knowing who they were with If they were safe Or if the police had any involvement in their child's housing but I want you to see, this is not a bill a question about medicine. This is not about medical care. This is about politics. This is about a, a, a group of people who believe that reality doesn't exist, that uh, you know, the, the mind makes up everything. And if your mind says you're a boy and your body says you're a girl, then your mind is right and your body is wrong. But it's even worse than that Because they're not taking into consideration Again, the long-term consequences Look at the number Of of detransitioners That have talked about The the pain and the long-term consequences Of their decisions Long-term medical care Long-term, the need for pharmaceuticals For your entire life The loss of fertility All being destroyed For politics For a political gain and I'm not, I'm not pulling that out of thin air. See, Governor Inslee said, Washington is home of the, to one of the nation's largest active-duty military populations with more than 100,000 active-duty men, women, and civilians working at our state's six world-class military installations. He went on to say, President Trump's announcement that he intends to ban transgender individuals from serving in the military is an insult to these service members and a an affront to our nation's values. So Governor Inslee is truly comparing The decision of an adult Whether they serve in the military or not with, de- with the decision of a child A minor Someone who's not legally allowed to make those decisions for themselves Except the state of Washington And so many other places around this country Have carved out these special areas That the rules don't apply It started with Abortion And now it's gone into, well, plenty others. And I want to warn parents, if you have young people around, I'd recommend that you uh, skip over the next few minutes. uh, Or you pause and listen to it later. Because I want to talk about a subject, I actually debated whether or not to bring this up, but I think it was, it so impacted me that I think parents need to know, especially... If your, parent, if your children are in government schools No, they aren't public schools anymore These are government schools So get fair warning If you have young sensitive ears Or if you just don't want to hear this Either skip to the end or skip the rest of the program Now, it should be no surprise to anyone That um, our education system Has become obsessed with sex I remember as a teenager We had a basic sex ed class In high school Where we learned the, what we used to call The birds and the bees The basics of the biology of sex And where babies come from That's nothing like what's going on today This push to sexualize children At a younger and younger age Again, it's not just schools, by the way uh, We even have a, a, a term for it I've heard a term used Called prostatots where they're actually taking young girls and dressing them up in sexualized attire, little kids. And of course we've got the, 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 the drag queen craziness, where we are exposing children, small children, to these hypersexualized, peat men dressed up as, as women, exaggerated women. And then I saw this story. The story comes out of South Elementary School out of a town in Texas. And there was an event that happened that um, I can only describe as pedophilia. I don't know any other way of putting it. See, it appears that in this school, this government school, a six year old girl performed oral sex. On a boy in front of a first grade class. And in fact, classmates filmed this. I want you to think about that for a second. You're talking about a six year old girl and probably about a six year old boy performing a sexual act in front of a class in a government run school that was being filmed. We used to put men and women away for stuff like this. Granted, mostly men. It's called child pornography. This is pedophilia. A variation of pedophilia. And it was done in a government school. But guess what? The parents weren't made aware of it until the video was found. See, the copy of the video was found on a district-issued device. The school district's had a device that had this video on it Now it shouldn't surprise anyone That the the school tried very hard To cover this up But word spread and Parents and other members of the community They wanted answers And in fact uh, they Parents have been protesting Outside the elementary school now, Thankfully uh, they They have They have refused to identify the children Which is a good thing They've they've been through enough trauma They don't need any more But then we're finding out That uh, parents are saying There have been multiple moms Coming out about stuff Has been happening all year And nothing is being done about it I think back to the school in Virginia Where they took a Quote-unquote transgender boy Into the girl's bathroom Raped a young girl And the reaction of the school district was to send this rapist to another school within the district. Now we have children, children performing sex acts in the classroom. And the school is not only covering it up, but apparently this is not the first time. In fact, one parent said, uh, one mother said, her daughter comes home with bruises and rashes if she doesn't participate in these boys' sick little games. See, now, one of, the, uh, one of the roles of a parent used to be to protect their children from age-inappropriate information, stuff they weren't prepared to deal with. But we've pretty much thrown out that out the window because we're letting government and other actors expose our children to stuff they're not mentally prepared to deal with. And when they start acting out, well, now we have government actors apparently covering it up. And I'm sorry. I don't think I can put into words how this makes me feel. It's bad enough, you know, when when you when you read a story or hear a report of a pedophile, someone caught with with child pornography or or someone um, uh, abusing a child or even or it it is it's infuriating to have our government actors in the school district allowing this to happen training our children to be little perverts and then covering up when they act out i can't tell you the the what i would the, the 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 feelings i have i can't imagine what would happen if i learned that my little girl had been exposed to that much less having to participate in that but then to add insult to injury There was a teacher in the room during the crime. There was an adult, a teacher, in the room when this criminal event took place. And currently they've been placed on administrative leave as investigation proceeds. In the Plainview Independent School District where this school is, they're claiming to be victims They actually canceled school in response to alleged threats made by outraged members of the community. They're pedophiles. Ladies and gentlemen, these people are now accessories to pedophilia. And they're they're, they're worried because people are upset. People should be upset. Now, Now, Child Protective Services and law enforcement has an active investigation looking into what's going on here. But we never should have gotten here we never should have gotten to the point where A teacher in a class Would stand by and watch While rape was happening While pedophilia was happening We never should have gotten to this point We've gotten to this point because The American people have become so morally weakened So so infantile That we were afraid to stand up When when we saw this stuff coming, we were told we were not politically correct to stand up for truth and justice in the American way. Heard an interesting factoid. Uh, Do you know, I was told you where the origins of the term politically correct come from. Uh, No, it's not the 1980s. It's from the Soviet Union. The idea that that you couldn't say certain things because it was not politically correct. And that craziness, that insanity has brought us here. Now if you're still with me through all this, the only thing I can say is stop being dependent on others. Stop being dependent on others to provide for you, to take care of you, and certainly to protect your children. They will not. They too many too often they will fail you. If you have a student in the Plainville Independent School District Your child is not safe And I wonder how many school districts around this country Are our children not safe from sexual abuse Because of this perverted idea that we've allowed to run rampant Take responsibility Because if weak men lead to bad times Well bad times lead to strong men And it's time for the American people To put their boots on Bow up Become strong again To stand against This attack This attack on childhood This attack on humanity This attack on freedom and liberty Because if we as a people Are willing to stand by and do nothing While our children Are taken away from their parents Mentally if not physically Abused and then let loose onto this unsuspecting country? Don't we hold some responsibility for that as well? Now, hopefully you'll come back and join the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, all my shows go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. Listen on your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave me a rating or review. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage of AmericaOutloud.com. But please share this information. That is the only way that we can share the blessings of liberty.